Thank you for joining us for IAB There. And now your host, Brad Behrens. Over to you, Brad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to IAB There. Today is Thursday, April 30th. I'm so pleased you could join us. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. I'm the Editor-in-Chief. And we're here every day to connect the industry to the topics and the people that matter and to remind you that somebody's out there and that somebody is us. Uh, today, on today's show, we are going to talk about the latest survey results from the IAB's uh, coronavirus ad spend research work. This is the second buy-side pulse. Uh, we had a sell-side pulse. We have another sell-side pulse that's in the field right now. We've been measuring the impact of coronavirus on spend what it means for advertisers, what it means for agencies, publishers, ad tech, everybody. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined in a moment by Sue Hogan, who's our SVP of research here at the IAB. Sue and I are going to walk through the big picture, what we're seeing right now and what we expect to see. And then we'll be joined by Mike Law. Mike is the, uh, the president of Amplify US, controls the uh, and governs the media spend for Dentsu Aegis here in the US. We're pleased that he'll be able to join us to give his perspective. Uh, for people who have questions, the way to ask your questions is on Twitter. Please use the hashtag IABthere, all one word. Uh, our team is uh, monitoring Twitter and will share your questions with us. Uh, Sue Hogan, welcome back to IAB There. Thanks, Red. So uh, we were surveying a, a senior group of brand and media agency executives in order to get an overall sense of the impact of coronavirus. Let's dig in on that first slide. So if we can pull up the first slide uh, and uh, bear with us as we, we move, move into that. Um, Sue, let yeah. us know, this is undecided buyers have now paused activity. And I think the red arrow down at the bottom is the thing to pay attention to. What does this mean? Uh, really, it means that in March, when we first conducted this survey, which was in mid-March, we saw that 16% had not yet reforecast spend. All but 3% of them now have. Um, what did they decide to do? They decided to pause. I think it's really important that I do a little level set here, you know, month Please. over month. We've had like, you know, several hundred for each survey respond. And we think that right now there really aren't any um, there, as long as there are no big or alarming changes further happening in our universe, we think that April's the month that we bottomed out. I think it looks like this is the month our industry took to prep for future weeks and months. So I think that while the buy side is still certainly off plan um, for what was initially intended for spend in 2020, we do see baby steps are being taken toward a rebound. And I think that also uh, echoes what Andrew Casale said uh, here on the show earlier this week, where uh, he was uh, their data over at Index Exchange similarly was suggesting to them that, that we're at the, tr the bottom of the trough here in April and that barring unforeseen events, uh, we should start to see an accelerating rebound. Now, it, uh, but the unforeseen events uh, are uh, hard to foresee, but relatively easy to predict that we're, it's a, it's a dynamic and shifting situation. Let's move right. on to the next slide. Now, what, uh, what does this mean? That looks like uh, perhaps uh, happy news for digital and not so great news for, tra for traditional 
But dig in mm -hmm. onto this, please. Yeah, it's important for me to say here that it's really predominantly like out of home and terrestrial radio that are driving the downturn on that traditional media line. Uh, linear TV is actually flat. It was up 1% um, month over month. Uh, what we are looking at on the digital side is that digital has increased by by 4%, but not to forget, it's still off plan. Right. And if we dig in on that 4%, which I think we're going to do on the next slide, then we're seeing uh, on the right that the, the, the places where we have uh, not growth, but rebound, social media, paid search and digital audio, why do you think those are the places where we're seeing? Uh, yeah, um, really, it's it's that that uptick for digital, uh, like linear uh, video is flat. Um, it's no surprise that digital out of home is down. Where we are seeing that upside is that social media and search and audio are streaming. Uh, audio streaming rather is ticking up, and it's benefiting from the fact that these channels are easiest to make creative changes. Right. For an, as we've discussed earlier, uh, all you really need is a cell phone to do digital audio creative. And I think with social media, particularly if a brand or an agency is working with influencers, influencer influencers are accustomed to doing the creative uh, on their own and in their home. So that that makes a certain uh, amount of sense. And uh, and news feeds too, right? News feeds are easy to to uh, manipulate, and uh, just in general, those platforms are just a little bit more agile and flexible than anything that has to do with video. And we're gonna keep digging in on this creative question. Let's move to the next slide, please. So here oh. specifically, we're talking about creative and 73% uh, of buyers uh, are needing to do this. So what does this mean uh, in term, and as we're comparing this to the social and search and audio that we saw in the previous yeah. slide? So outside of, uh, and not really outside of, it would include them as well, but we're seeing that the vast majority of buyers really felt that they needed to, to modify or have modified or new creative assets at this time. Um, the, the advertisers needed time to develop uh, that those new assets or splice together uh, and recreate based on what they already had in hand. Uh, we've heard that term tone deaf a lot these days, and the, the uh, slide shows the fear that being tone deaf would be insensitive and therefore potentially damaging to a brand. So again, April seems to be the month needed to make those creative changes. And now th it's important to say this is all, pardon me, I'm having some trouble with my microphone. It's important, I think, to say that all this is all respondents and this is talking about all executions. We're going to dig in on news uh, shortly, if not next. Please, let's go on to the next slide. Ah, this is not, we talked about what they're changing, or excuse me, we're talking about their, their, the, field, the perception of the need to change creative, and this is about what they're actually changing. Yeah, Before this I slide's answer. pretty easy. Um, it's a Without question, this this updated or uh, need for created new creative um, is really more about embracing the current crisis. So it's an all we're all in this together kind of a message. It might just be streets that are not filled with throngs of people because that would potentially make people depressed. So the messaging uh, this is showing that kind of shift. I also think we've been seeing this. Pardon me once again. My microphone's giving us some trouble. Uh, 
Here we, we go. can hear you Once fine, it, by the way. Thank you. Once again, we're seeing uh, one of the conversations we've been having here on IAB there has been, it's not just about avoiding uh, crowded scenes or things that are inappropriate, but also, you know, other questions that are paramount in the minds of consumers, like, you know, can I get the product? Is your store open? And so localized messaging that's highly sensitive to the individual concerns, I think is another reason why- Yeah, great point. This kind of creative change. Let's move on, please. Uh, mm. Now, this is connecting to the IB's uh, important 2020 campaign, which is that news saves lives. We've been urging our friends on the buy side to unblock the news, to support the news, uh, not only because it's important for you know the citizenry to have accurate information, but also because that's where all of the attention is going. And so it's not just charity, it's actually a huge, uh, a huge economic opportunity for advertisers. But what we're seeing in this slide, I think, is that the, the level of anxiety on the buy side about news is pretty high. What's the difference between this? Let me see. Well, I don't, let, let me see if I can do it. It looks like what we're seeing here is that we uh, a disproportionately high uh, number of advertisers who do advertise around the news, 50% are canceling or pausing spend versus for advertisers who don't ad, uh, advertise around the news where it's a, a third. So that's, that's a pretty interesting difference. Is that right? Bingo, bingo. Right. <laughs> uh, good, and so having said that, let's now move on to now that they've paused, what are they doing with that time? And here we're mm. seeing again the need to create new uh, new ads. So what what do what do these numbers mean for you? Yeah, this is showing that news buyers are much more likely to be implementing modified or creative assets. And if you take a look at the point difference between those on the right who do not run ads adjacent to news. Uh, uh, the left rather, versus the right where they have news adjacency, not only those with news adjacency are more likely to have felt the need to have new creative assets, but they've also acted faster. We can see that because that top section versus the bright red bar, which is planning, shows there's a very small percentage now in planning and a very large percentage who have said they've already made changes. I see that as an indicator of optimism. Um, the assets are more likely to be implemented now or or are being implemented now. So hopefully we'll see a positive shift toward uh, news sites and news content in the weeks ahead. Right. And let's let's let let's hold on to this idea for the big takeaway at the end and go on. Thank you. No, you anticipated me appropriately. We're moving on to sports now. Uh, and by the way, before we get to sports, I do want to say we are in field with a sell side survey. It takes less than 10 minutes. To complete and the the more that anyone who is watching this program or helping us following along with research if you are on the sell side please fill out the survey it takes 10 minutes max and it will be actionable data that will help you do your jobs later on this, i promise 10 minutes max <laughs> this is a uh, this is a, a pretty quick one this is an indication that 45 percent of advertisers tend to advertise in sports and 55% don't. This is on an annual basis before coronavirus. Let's move to the next slide. And what we're seeing here is that of the people who do advertise around sports, they spend about 25% of their budget on sports. Correct. Uh, so, so this is a big whack of money in the industry uh, that's currently being challenged because there's very, very little sports, uh, if any, 
uh, which, uh, which means where is that attention going uh, on the, uh, the viewer side and where is the money going on the buy side. So let's move on to the next slide and see what we've got. Now this is tricky. This one is tricky. I'm gonna let me let me take a take a pass at it, and then you tell me how wrong I am, which uh, you're you're very comfortable doing. Uh, so what we see is that uh, about fifty percent of the dollars are moving from sports to other genres, uh, but uh, probably keeping it within this calendar year. If we go down to the third line, we see about a quarter, uh, and this again these are limited in terms of their respondents. We're seeing about a quarter of the sports dollars are going to be pushed off. So uh, into 2021. So for the advertisers who really, really want to have their brands associated with sports, they would prefer to wait and push it off into 2021, or some of them would. Esports, that looks like an optimistic number at first at 11%, but if you realize, look to the left in the gray numbers, we've got 18% of esports respondents moving 11%, which that means we're looking at maybe 2% or so uh, of the uh, conventional sports spend moving to esports, which we've been wondering if that will increase. And that's the glory of doing month over month and having trend lines. It's that gray bar that I find hard to understand, Sue. So what does that mean, the 43%? Yeah, it, it is kind of a complicated slide because, uh, you know, if you're a sports buyer, you can move your dollars around into a lot of different places. So um, the percent of respondents for each option is being shown on the left. Uh, but I think the really cutting to the chase on this is that 40% of respondents with budgets allocated to sports this year say that the percent of their budget that will remain unused this year is 43%. Will that number change? Uh, I think it will depend on whether we see new and or live sports content created for the balance of this year. Okay, and then let's uh, let's go on. I think we've got one more slide, and that's you know things that we're watching right now. And I think that the number one, the one at the top, is is sort of the big takeaway from this version of the pulse, which is we're seeing moderately happy news here. And what I mean by that is that we think that as advertisers, as agencies are cre are creating new ads, and as advertisers who have in-house are doing it themselves. We think that we're going to see an acceleration of the rebound in spend so that by the time we're back here in a month or five weeks or so with the third buy side survey, which is the second buy side survey we're talking about now, if we're right, then we think we're going to see an acceleration in the rebound. That's what I'm taking from all of this. What do you think? Um, I would go one step back even further and say, it feels like there's going to be an a, a rebound. So the good news is um, I do agree with you. I think there's not only a rebound, but an acceleration toward rebound, assuming everything remains, you know, uh, on a downward projection for a number of COVID cases, et cetera. Um, uh, will that have an impact on the future events? But in 2020, yeah, we really do think so. Okay. And the great news is we have a reality check coming to join us uh, right now. So if I can ask the team to uh, have uh, Mr. Law uh, join us in the stream, we can pull down the slides now. Uh, Mike Law, Mike Law, there you are. Welcome to IAB there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, my question here is, uh, is, you know, what do you think of all of this? We're researchers and we're, uh, we're happy to be so, but you, uh, you have to make decisions for your clients uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, as a practitioner, what, 
what what seems right to you here? What leapt out at you? Uh, and and what doesn't? Uh, what do you feel like maybe maybe we didn't get right? Yeah, no, I I think a the the survey and the data is tremendously helpful. I think it does give us a big sense of what's going on in the market. So thanks for pulling us all together and getting us to, to create some overarching macro thoughts that we can react to. Uh, you know, I am an eternal optimist, uh, but I do think that there's reality uh, that there is a downturn and that we will ultimately see less, um, less ad spend this year for sure. I think digital probably uh, weighs out on the better side of that than some of the traditional channels. Um, but the, what you have pointed out is some signs of optimism. And I think we're seeing that in our own data too, that we're slowly seeing some creep back uh, towards the end of March and certainly the first couple of weeks of April. We did see some downtrends, but we've seen some uptick in uh, digital channels and, and really across all the channels um, over the last couple of weeks. So I think there is some signs of optimism and some acceleration. I don't know that I'm quite ready to say that we're, we're in a full rebound here. Uh, we, we know that budgets will be largely impacted through the rest of this year and really into, into 21 as well. Sue, do you have any questions for Mike before I move on? No, I would just say thank you for clarifying because I did not mean to suggest that there is a full rebound. I meant to suggest that the rebound, there's a swing toward a more positive on the negative. So um, everybody's still off plan. I think that you're right, Mike, we are going to be off plan by the end of the year, just hopefully not at the large double digits we're seeing right now. Yeah. So thing, thing, things are sucking just a little bit less yeah. is what we're hearing. Uh, and Mike, this is a, a surprise question because it just occurred to me. So please feel feel totally empowered to pass. But uh, the election is a you know a huge influx of money into the advertising ecosystem. That's still happening full bore. It's happening in much different ways. You know, without rallies, without events. Do you have any prediction? And again, please feel free to pass if you need more time to think about it. Uh, do you have any sense of the election, uh, what that impact on spend might be as we start gearing into the general election? Yeah, I think that that's the point right there. As we, as we move towards the general election, I think we'll get back to the type of trends that we thought we would see before. I don't know that we'll see any less political spend maybe when we get towards the end of the summer or closer to the full election. Uh, given that there's been a presumptive nominee on the on the Democratic side, that there's um, less um, of the rallies, less of the primaries happening, uh, and it is a bit maybe I don't know. I'm not a political expert, a bit a bit of a foregone conclusion. I don't think we're seeing the same spend come in in the local markets that we would have expected. So I think there's a little downturn now. What will be followed by back to some normalcy in the fourth quarters, and and we see that largely impacting. The digital space, of course, and then the local TV markets, we've seen very precise targeting by these candidates in, in the past. Um, so it will have a similar effect to what we've seen uh, previously. I, I have a sneaking suspicion we might see some growth or um, at least accelerated rebound uh, in, in mail and in, you know, things that are being sent to people at home because people are at home. Uh, uh, they're taking a, chunk out, a further chunk out of out of home, uh, probably in that regard. Uh, now, Mike, uh, one of our major concerns, as I was saying earlier, is our News Saves Lives campaign. I know you have a lot of heart for this um, uh, as a practitioner. Uh, how are, how's, how is Amplify uh, and Dentsu working with clients uh, about news? And how does your advice 
change based on the kind of client that you have. I imagine your, your counsel and practice with a CPG client, for example, might be different than for an automotive client or sort of any higher consideration product. So what, what are you doing and how are you working with technology firms like you know, Integral Ad Science or Double Verify or et cetera? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, this was an issue that we were addressing head on before COVID. Uh, and we continue to think that it's really critical to support great news organizations across the board and across all platforms. And I think, you know, again, we are constantly trying to help our clients understand where their most valuable audience is, where those people are, that, where they're going. And we've seen a tremendous uptick in news over the past couple months. And then how can we responsibly advertise in those spaces? And we need to be very particular and cautious, but at the same time, we need to be understanding of the word COVID doesn't necessarily indicate bad news. Um, and I think that there's a way that we can work with technology partners to better scrub what that data looks like. Uh, but overall, you know, we're, we're consistently trying to match up context and content and make sure that we're putting the right message in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that it's easy to point out some of the, the difficulties in that space, but at the same time, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity. I think we've all been yearning and seeing the great news coverage that's happening, both on a factual basis, plus the good news stories that are happening around this. So how do we support that in a better way? There are ultimately a couple of places that it does become hard to advertise in news, and we know where those are, and they're a bit more editorial than just news coverage. So again, balancing out the context versus the content, and then and, and just driving our clients to where their audiences are and where people people are going. And, and we've seen plenty of data that shows that, that consumers do not say, because you advertised on that news page, I'm not gonna buy anything. Of course, when there's very left or very right opinions, that can start to happen a little bit. But I think what we're trying to do is take advantage of the middle and, and, and the great coverage that, that is happening in the market. Right, well, so the IAB and the Center for the Digital Future at the Annenberg School at USC have a new survey that will be coming out shortly. Uh, or actually that we've done the press release and we're starting to, to pop, uh, socialize some of the results. And one of the things we saw is uh, in that work is the 50% of the American population just doesn't think this is a real issue. They don't connect a brand uh, with, with, an ad, uh, with a, a news story. 34% uh, actively agree with the, you and with us, which is that you know, they need advertisers to support the news. 16% are sensitive to, to propinquity and, and juxtaposition, uh, particularly by the way, 18 to 34, which I found, found quite interesting. So different generations uh, have different sensitivities. What I, I want to ask you, though, Mike, to, to kind of just to, to lean in slightly on something you said, which is, I think it's easy for us to present this as something that's important for uh, advertisers to do for the greater good, but it's also an opportunity. It's not just charity to, to advertise around the news. It's where all of the attention is right now. Uh, and it, there are ways of, of achieving marketing goals that are unique to news. Can you, can, you, can you dig in on that a little bit for our audience, please? Well, I think, you know, again, we're facing a time where consumer consumption habits are changing massively. So as we think about where our consumers going, much like we're following TV viewers to video channels and radio listeners, audio channels, I think that we have to see in this time, it's not that just that people are changing platforms, but they're changing what they're watching. So you look at the data around where, where is the person who was watching the NBA for the past few weeks? Where was the person who was 
watching hockey. And where, even where were people who were watching entertainment shows? Everybody is turning to news. And you see that in the cable news ratings in particular, while cable as a whole is actually down a little. If you take out cable news, cable news ratings are nearly double where they were. Sure. When you look at digital impressions too, we're seeing increases of 60 to 100% on digital content, digital news content across the ecosystem. So again, we're trying to find eyeballs because we're trying to drive our clients' business forward. And if those eyeballs are in news, then how do we responsibly advertise there? And the, the numbers that you shared from that study, they, they don't surprise me. I actually think that if you ask that same, same question in the vein of sports, entertainment, many people think advertising isn't a good thing, right? So you, you're always going to have the people who say, it doesn't matter to me, the people who say, yep, I understand why, why I pay to see advertising or why I have to see advertising. And then you're just going to have a faction of people who don't believe. So I, I don't know that that number even changes too much if you were to, to line that up against some other genres as well. But it is an important one that we pay attention in news because it can become quite easy to click a few buttons. And next thing you know, you've missed out on a tremendous amount of content that is actually good for your brands. And also just to lean in, uh, we that survey did ask, uh, you know, something that I think is unusual of news, which is, you know, we, we said, if an, your local newspaper or another news organization were to say, would you please unblock, uh, turn off your ad blocker, right? We, we really need your the support. Uh, that a, a surprising number uh, of American respondents actually were, were into that idea. That, that And what's important there, I think, is the transactional quality where if a, a website or news organization says, we need this in order to do this, please, that people will do so. And generally speaking, I think when you uh, bring to the front of the mind of the consumer that they're getting something out of the attention they spend on ads, that they're more amenable uh, to those things. But when you don't ask them to recognize the transaction, that can be uh, can be more challenging. Mike, let's let's ask. Uh, we shared before what we're looking at uh, month over month. That's the glory of longitudinal research is that you get trend lines. What are the indicate the indicators that Dentsu Aegis is paying attention to? What's on your mind um, out there in the world? And also, how would that change uh, across your different clients? Not not just a general thing, but you yeah. know, how would you? What what's the advice and to whom? Well, first off, I'll say in that news survey, I bet a lot of people's follow-up question was, if you tell me how to turn off the ad blocker. <laughs> it's, the, it's the VR blinking clock of 20 years ago, probably. I didn't even know I had it on. Um, so I think the things that we're looking at, you know, from a trend perspective, again, our, our biggest responsibility is to help our clients navigate this current landscape. So we are really paying attention to what are the changes in consumer trends? What are the changes in how content is being consumed? Um, how are people watching using different platforms? Obviously we've seen a huge uptick in social. We've seen a huge uptick in certain genres. Like I think the number is that streaming is up about 120% year over year. And when you think about streaming, that doesn't naturally say advertising because a lot of those streaming services don't have traditional ad breaks. So as we work with our content teams and think about, I think sports is going to be a great example. When sports comes back, we really believe you know, that there won't be fans in the arena or on the course or wherever sports take place. So how do you bring that experience to fans in their living room? How do you create it to still be an event 
much like you would have if you were there. So I think we're really diving in and trying to understand consumer trends so that ultimately we can give that guidance to our clients and help them with their messaging, help them with their brand experience at the top of the funnel all the way to um, to the bottom. And I think the other big thing is we're, we're really trying to stay focused on the things that we wanted to do before COVID. This has been a moment in time that is it, forced us all to rethink how we how we do things and all businesses will come back reshaped differently post covid but this is a chance to say what how do we how do we ultimately drive better outcomes for our clients um, and I, I don't think we want to lose sight of that we don't want to just react in the moment and then go back to the way we were doing things there was a lot of great thinking happening in 2019 and 2018 leading up to today that we were trying to drive change in this industry and this has actually given us a chance to accelerate that movement and make sure that we're making every dollar count, holding publishers and agencies and clients accountable for the money that we're spending. So I think ultimately we're just trying to say, hey, this is what's happening in the market. Here's where the opportunities are. And let's continue to drive change and use this as an opportunity to do so. If we get to the end of this year and everything looks exactly the way that it did at the end of last year, then we have really nobody to blame but ourselves because we've been given a, a, an opportunity for change right on a plate. That does seem uh, like a slightly unlikely outcome, however. So let's, uh, Sue, Sue, before we sign off, do you have any questions for Mike? I do have one. I was wondering, you know, you're talking about what you were planning uh, last year for this year and talking about how different clients are doing, uh, where you're, you're at least implementing for different clients in different ways. I'm wondering if you're looking at uh, new metrics or metrics that you haven't used before, I should say, uh, and, and if these campaigns have different KPIs than they had in the past. Yeah, I, I don't think that I would say that we're looking at any new metrics, but I think we're looking to accelerate away from legacy metrics. I think we're trying to focus more on metrics that are about business results and business outcomes and being able to better measure that, uh, that impact. So the ultimate um, uh, guide of success or, or temperature of success shouldn't be a legacy CPM, but ultimately, did we reach more people? Did we drive a business outcome? And I think in particular in this time, as clients are gonna have less money to spend and need to really drive business results because remember media is an investment. It's not just a cost or an expense, it's investment. So we need every one of those dollars to work harder. So I think we'll accelerate the use of, of measurement and um, trading currencies that are about business outcomes and closer to the bottom of the funnel than just being top of the funnel brand awareness. Thanks. So, let, so Mike, let me ask you, this is a traditional question, which is, what are you doing as a guy to stay optimistic and connected? One thing I do is I try to talk to my friends who live alone. because I think that uh, the people who live alone are the ones who are the most hit, hard, hardest hit. Uh, although when you have six people sharing one bathroom, that's another kind of pain. But what are you doing to, uh, to, 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 uh, to stay optimistic and connected with the people you love? Yeah, and again, again I, I, would, I would categorize myself as an internal optimist. So I'm going to try to find the silver linings in, in everything that's happening around us. But like everybody else, we, we've been faced with challenging times. I think, you know, what I tried to change after the first couple of weeks was just finding a start and end to every day. Uh, you don't have the train to get on anymore, or the walk home. So how, how do you find a start and end? I think what you said is, is very true. Staying connected to the people you would have walked by in the hallway and said hello to, now you just have to send them a message on Teams. 
um, or call up your friends, call up your families. I mean, I, I do a weekly Zoom chat with my college roommates. We would have never done that before, but why not? The technology existed. So I think, again, staying connected, hearing other what other people are faced with and challenged with. I'm lucky my kids are a little older, so I'm not having to homeschool too much. Um, but, you know, you hear the challenges of, of people with children or people um, with, with elderly parents or different things that everybody's going through, and it just gives you much better perspective uh, as a whole. So I think, again, just like you, trying to stay connected and, and some sort of normalcy and schedule is really important. I think that's very, that's that uh, the thing about having an end of the day is uh, a steep hill to climb, but an important. We might have never had an end to the day, but at least you got on a train and had a different, you looked at something different at the end of the day. Now I'm looking at the same window. For All day, every day. Yes. Uh, so I, uh, I do want to put do a PSA, Mike, which is that we have both in our research team and in our uh, consumer experience center of excellence, uh, lots and lots of data about consumer behavior and trends, which we're eager to help not only Dentsu, but everyone in the industry. So please stay tuned. Sue Hogan, Mike Law, thank you both so much for joining us on okay. IAB there. I'm really pleased you could join us today. Uh, on tomorrow's IAB There, we are excited to welcome Richard Ratton, who's the co-founder and CEO of Zephyr, and Jennifer Gardner, the Senior Director of Media North America at Unilever, as we look to discuss supporting the news and protecting brand equity in the age of coronavirus. Uh, IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ott, John Ward, Tofika Mahinadin, and Haley Bloom. I'm Brad Behrens. Thank you so much for watching. If you've ever missed an episode of IB There, you can catch up on our website. The archive is the same as what you're looking at right now, iab.com slash there. Please join us tomorrow because if it's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB There. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye now.